Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Walker AC Experience for September 14th in the year of our lore, 2021. We're going to skip the intro music because, once again, this is a different kind of show. We like to keep things on a positive note, but on occasion we like to talk about topics that really affect um, people, hit home, uh, mainly about recovery and how they perceive their life moving forward. So, um, of course, we'd like to thank podbean.com. You can find me under walkerac76.podbean.com. Links in the description below, as always. So as I sit here with my guest looking very awkwardly at me, so I think it's time to introduce her. Her name is inconsequential because this is about her story. So I'm going to say, welcome, best friend. Best friend. Can I be a little cat? You can be a cat. Okay. You can be anything you want to be. <laughs> I want to be a little cat. Okay, well, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> call you cat, so I'll just... I can't even call you bestie. Okay, I'll call you friend. Cat's a good nickname. Okay, yeah. I'll call you cat. Little cat. <sighs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> so, the last show we did, you know, talked about recovery and about how people handle certain situations. What's really important in life, you know, is how you rebound from certain things because I always make the reference to, you know... You only have one life, and how you manage that life makes all the difference. How you want to be remembered, and how you survive. So, of course, we're not going to say the name, like I said before. Um, we'll touch on a little bit, of, a little bit of your background. So, we're not going to go all the way back, but you were our military, right? Yes, I am former Marine Corps. Okay, how long? You, how many years have you been in the Marines? So I did about four, so just one enlistment in the Marine Corps, United States, not the, you know, the British one or anything like that. United States Marine Corps. <laughs> uh, and, and so what's your rank? Um, I was, I got out as an E3, which is a Lance Corporal, so it's hard. My MOS, which was my job in the Marine Corps, was heavy equipment, and it's a little bit more difficult to advance the ranks in that certain job and then uh but honestly we had a lot of fun because in my rank we got to we're the ones that operate and and deal with the equipment mm -hmm. the higher you go the more paperwork you do so we had fun just operating a bunch of like uh forklifts cranes uh bulldozers anything along the ground heavy equipment is what i did now, are you still enlisted? Are you, like, out? I'm actually or? medically retired from the military, so actually have, like, the retiree ID and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and that just goes into, you know, the stuff that I faced during the military is the reason why. So. Okay. Well, like I said, we won't touch upon that unless you wish to. Um, but you're out of the military. And so it's not really about that. Um, it's about how your life, you know, went after the military. Yeah. So you are a, a new mother. I won't say a new mother, but, you know, you're into the motherlyhood. <laughs> well, and we can touch on some of the military stuff. I feel like some of that is pertinent to how life's going now, you mm. know? Like, there's a definitely... Uh, pertinent information as to you know what I went through that makes me who I am now so okay well we'll gladly touch upon that so you know like you said you were you're like medically kind of discharged mm -hmm. but I'm asking what happened with that and how, and how did that become about it, that, and that's just something I want to you know to make known that uh, 
in the you know the military definitely could do better with a lot of things and and one of those things is just some of the integrity of their leadership in there mm-hmm. um you know i faced some trauma in the military that you know resulted to my medical separation um, and that was at fault of people who are supposed to be leaders and you know supposed to be uh there and i feel like that just needs to be made aware and more you know there's a lot of people's stories in the military that have been coming out about trauma especially females um that they've had to endure and I think that it's important that, you know, people keep being aware of that type of stuff that happens and and that more accountability in the military and especially with a military and, and unfortunately the male leadership in the military needs to keep being pressed and there needs to just keep the awareness of it because it's unfortunate that, you know, so many people are still facing. And it's not just women who face trauma, uh, but, you know, men as well. And uh, that's something that I think we can all do better on, just first off, in the military. Well, I mean, uh, being in the military, and I'm not too sure how everything goes as far as that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when you experience certain trauma like that, is there a way that they can, you know, move you into therapy or, you know, or they just keep pushing? Or how, do, how does that work? With my specific story, you know, not to get into too many depressing details, but um they, I was pretty much swept under the rug in some instances. Um, it's basically like them medically, even just medically retiring me and separating me was uh, the least that they could do, but still kind of a way of sweeping it under the rug, mm-hmm. you know? Kind of was like, oh, here's a, here's a PTSD rating, you know, there you go. Like, you know, we took care of you, but uh, didn't really, like I had to do the taking care of myself mm-hmm. and then there's people that aren't like me you know or just don't aren't don't know how to like take care of themselves as well in that mindset or don't have certain support systems or tools and um so they end up being way worse off than I think I am right now after those situations because they're not really taking care of people weren't really held accountable that type of thing so that's definitely something that I encourage any military people to keep speaking up about their issues or traumas or whatnot and, and keep holding the right people accountable and as far as that goes. Yeah, so pretty much you felt that they just put a band- they, they put the proverbial band-aid on it and said, okay, see you later. Oh, for sure. They uh, definitely did not, like I said, hold accountable the, per- the people who, you know, were responsible or involved. It was kind of like a, oh... We don't want to, you know, ruin anybody's, like, lives or careers, so we're just going to do this and that. But, of course, you know, it affected my life and my career. I'm not in anymore. Right. You know, that type of thing. So it definitely happens, and, you know, obviously there's some really good men and women in the military still. I think that's just a big issue because, you know, my time in the military, it did affect me into now and affected a lot of stuff I had to do and it was like a lot of trials that I had to overcome because of that mm-hmm. so interesting um, so when you were released you know and, and the things that you're doing now how does that affect you to this day to this day um, I still you know I still go through um, you know therapy type stuff and uh, 
which is really great and I also encourage people to do that because it's not as scary as it may seem it's like it's a tool therapy is just another tool to that you can use to help uh, you know fix any issues or help you know work through them because um, people are kind of against it sometimes but I use a lot of that and I you know I just have to keep going forward um, and I've gotten a lot better at it though a lot less of anger and and stuff like that a lot more confident in who I am and a lot more cautious about people and situations for sure I see and that kind of moves us over a little bit um, to you you were married I want to say yes technically still am because it's going through the process currently <laughs> right and so like I said once again the topic is mainly recovery and I'm not gonna get too deep into that particular thing because mm-hmm. once again it's not about that it's not about you know um, talking bad about the other person or vice versa yeah you know it's just you know what you went through and 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 and, and like the residue of that so when things trying to word it in a good way mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a good way. yeah absolutely <laughs> um, when things was when things went south was it sudden or I felt like it was sudden to me at the time like I just had Maverick well we'll continue <laughs> <laughs> editing studio folks it's okay uh, I just had my my baby so we cat had number two cat number two kitten yeah exactly <laughs> kitten there we go <laughs> and uh so we had I had kitten and right before you know the pandemic I got out of the military we had kitten and about three months later um is when you know my we call him dog (laughs) I guess is when dog the husband in question um he was in the military as well so you know he got out following me we had our our kitten and he it all kind of was a bomb dropped on me that oh you know there's another there's been other women and like just some other stuff going on and basically like he didn't want to be a part of our family anymore which was shocking because we just had a a kitten you know a baby so that that type of news was shocking to me and um I feel like I was so focused on so much going on um thinking back I can see the red flags you know that probably would have made this the this situation more apparent but through it all I didn't see it you know at the time so when it first happened it was very like like someone like pulled the rug out from under my feet and I was like wait what <laughs> what's going on you know and uh then suddenly had a lot that that was very life-changing for sure absolutely yeah now, do you contribute it to um, PTSD in the military that, that might have caused it? Um, was there any counseling once, you know, the news was given? Like, do you mean caused it for him? Like, yeah. Um, potentially, he did go on, um, you know, a, a deployment that was a pretty rough time. And I feel like he had never really been the same since. So, very real that 
you know, something in his brain could have happened due to that, you know, some type of trauma, that's a valid, um, I don't believe, I still believe how he handled it was, you know, himself, though, and he could have definitely chosen to handle things differently. Um, but, sorry, what was the second part of your question? <laughs> it's okay. Well, something like that happens, and you feel that it just came out of nowhere, was there any kind of effort to have any type of marriage counseling? Well, we, and we've done like just little, we've done marriage stuff before, you know, but no, when, when this time came around, he was pretty much, he was just set on leaving and he already had what I believe plans because he already had somewhere else to go. So I kind of feel like I'm not sure how, when, at what point he realized that, he was done, but there it was definitely there because uh, he didn't want to work on anything. It was kind of like, I want to cut you out now. And that was what was also very shocking and hard to grasp because we had a lot of plans together, you know, so. <laughs> and, and, and a kid also. So to be kind of just like stonewalled like that from somebody that's like your spouse is like, whoa. Like, pull the brakes, but it's, you know, I was trying to pull the brakes, but he was like, nope, separation. So, you know, that's an unfortunate story of how he decided to handle things. So, once that happened, and of course, we're going to bounce around a whole lot. Oh, that's fine. My, I have ADHD, so apologize if I seem like I ramble. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's, of course having you know, a newborn along with that mm -hmm. is really difficult you know but I would imagine you had the support of you know friends and family before the support came along how did you handle it you know for the upcoming weeks months stuff like that knowing that you know you have a, you know, a new kitten to to handle plus the pressures of you know now doing this on your own for now well I had, I always had my mom, like, because we were back, you know, where we were living when all this happened, so um, my mom was there from the beginning, and that was really awesome because I definitely could not handle, you know, the news appropriately at first, and I had to figure out how to, like, how to calm myself, but after, you know, it was, it was really difficult because I had to basically make a choice um, and I remember just kind of laying there, you know, in bed, just kind of like I, I had to make the choice of, this sounds dramatic, but it, it felt like between like life and death, you know, do I kind of, do I keep going from this and just, you know, got to take care of the baby, got to, you know, literally have to, um, or do I just choose the other route that's wasn't really even an option, but it's just like basically just death, you know, just to just be uh, completely just overtaken by the situation. And of course, I'm like, I feel like with the baby being here, it definitely helped because she she didn't give me a choice I, because I she was so little. She was like six, you know, three to six months old during all this at this time. So, um she is completely dependent on me 
for survival. And I, even though my parents were around, they weren't, you know, around at nighttime or, you know, in the mornings and stuff like that. It was just during the day when I would see them or they could babysit. So I was the only one there. So in the mornings, you know, that's what drug me out of bed before I had a job or anything, you know, right when we were trying to figure everything out. It's like I could have laid in bed for who knows how long if I didn't have her and just been kind of wallowing. Um, I still wallowed kind of a little bit, and it was definitely hard, but she, you know, helped me just keep getting up, and it was kind of an autopilot thing for a while until it just started to be like, I just got to keep, I got to do more, you know, get out of survival mode Mm -hmm. and like start living, living again. So... So now, you know, the option that you chose Mm -hmm. to move forward, you know, it's, of course, it's never easy. But what steps did you take? I mean, what what lessons did you learn from from the military, you know, to give you the tools and and the passion just to keep moving forward? Of course, I mean, you have Mm -hmm. a child to take care of. That's a non-negotiable, of course, that's part of your life. That's, Mm -hmm. That's who you are. That's your heart. But how did you make changes to yourself? to get on that get to get on that road to recovery i feel like well just joining the marine corps you know speaks a lot and making it through i think that speaks a lot to my character at first that i'm very hard-headed and uh can i'm trying to think of the word but basically where i can make it through a lot of things and and push through and kind of persevere through things because we definitely had to do that in boot camp that was very tough and difficult and a whole horror show, basically. Um, and no matter how you felt about it, you had to keep going. And I think that that's kind of my mindset. Um, oh, there's a word. I'll remember the word. Later. There's literally a word for it, though. But um, that's that's my mindset in general about a lot of things. So at first, it was a lot more of that stubborn part of me that just wanted to keep going even though I was kind of like emotionally did not want to keep going like a war but I just kept remembering that like I said almost like an autopilot thing which I think uh the military helped out a lot with because you just do things it's like one foot in front of the other um that was a big step to my recovery and I think that's where not speaking for anybody, but when I see people that get stuck in um, the depressive episodes, it's just a matter of not even being able to start that automatic process. Mm. Sometimes, even if you don't feel or believe any in any shape or form that you are okay or that you're managing, you just gotta like put your feet down and make the first steps. Um, because once you're in motion, you'll you'll stay in that motion mm-hmm. of some sort, but you gotta like just get the first steps. So that that's what I did at first, just kind of hunkered hunkered down, cried all the time. It was a mess, but like still kept going. Was very frustrated. Um, still working on anger <laughs> management because which boxing helped a lot. That you know, I started picking up hobbies. Um, to make me do stuff like I went to a boxing gym and I went to the gym gym I lost 40 pounds um, because I just wanted to do something so I was hyper I was focusing on the things that I wanted to do 
And now, as I started, you know, as I'm getting better, I'm focusing on the things that are more hard, but it's more stuff that I need to do. So I kind of pulled myself out that way. Like, I want to do this, so I'm going to chase after it. Boxing, gym, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do it. Okay, now I feel better as a person, and I can start doing the harder stuff. So when you mentioned harder stuff, define harder stuff. Oh, like adulting stuff. <laughs> like um, with the job and, you know, looking into, you know, getting maybe going back to school type of stuff or or doing something to make more money or I finally started renovating back my home again because I haven't done it, you know, since he let that was just not been on my mind. It hasn't been something I wanted to do. Um, now that I'm in a better mental space, I can start focusing on those little things, you know, fixing up, looking into different cars and just all the adult stuff that I really did not want any part of (laughs) before. And it took a while, but now it's like things are falling back in place. Like I said, I am just tired of being in survival because I've been living in like a survival mode, you know, like, so something's got to give interesting because i noticed i mean i have spoke to a few people about how they recovered themselves what kind of tools they use and they what i find is that people throw themselves you know uh into hobbies Mm -hmm. or if they always want to do something they find themselves just gunning putting all their energy towards that yeah and so speaking with that you know gym and working out and of course i've seen your progress Mm -hmm. you know um, i've seen your social media you know, and I've seen how, you know, you know, I've seen the transformation. And that really inspired me to really ask you, mainly to have you on the show, you know, saying with your recovery process, because what works for you, you know, of course it won't work for the other person. Mm-hmm. But how long has this transformation been going on? How many months? Boy, like just for mostly the physical or just for all of it? Um, we'll start with the physical first. So I believe... Because I was trying to look back myself and see, like, when I really started. But just about a year, yeah, about September, August, September of 2020 is when I really started getting into the gym and getting into boxing and and so on. Um, I was kind of doing it a little bit before, but I really dedicated myself. So it's literally been just about a year or just over a year since I started. And that's... Another thing, it's taken time, Um, and a a lot of things that you mentioned that people like to throw themselves into hobbies to get through stuff, Um, I think where that needs to be some some care and caution is that sometimes people do that to avoid their situations, which I won't lie that I wasn't always trying to avoid it, Mm -hmm. but it's also important to remember to keep working on yourself while you're doing it you know those types of things to keep being mindful and uh and do things to actually help your situation (laughs) because if you don't work on it even while you're doing hobbies and stuff like that you'll just it doesn't go away or get better and then you find yourself in a loop of just jumping from thing to thing to kind of like fill the void (laughs) right but um so I, you know, continued on with therapy. You know, I got into that. I I started a different mindset at the gym instead of 
just, you know, hating on my body and trying to find the fastest way to fix myself or to be skinny. Um, I never checked the scale. I just kept going. I was just very consistent. I didn't even really change my diet, you know, too much because I was like, I just want to be happy. I don't want to be eating broccoli leaves and hating myself. I simply just want to be happy um, and healthy and keep my body moving. So I cut my portions slowly. Um, the things that I did was very slow. I started with the lowest weights at the gym again, you know, not trying to do anything else. And I just pushed myself uh, to my limit, but kept myself healthy. And I found that that has been the most rewarding and progressive like time that I've ever spent at the gym and on my body ever is just doing it that way instead of doing it in a rushed or trying to quickly lose weight or use like supplements and diets and stuff N none of that just cared for myself plain and simple okay so okay you talk about the physical and physical transformation you know that, that really helps you get back to who you are and you touched on something before you know dealing with the emotional part of it Mm -hmm. If you don't deal with it, you're going to go in a circle. You, yeah. You know, you're going to be stagnant. Yes, you're going to make improvements on yourself, but you're not going to take care of the mental part. Yeah. So how have you taken care of the mental part? So for the mental part of it, and I'm still currently, you know, trying to take care of it, of course, it's, I feel like that's an even longer process, mm -hmm. but I started with uh, getting myself into, like I've said before, therapy. That was a start for me getting myself uh, just talking because I had no idea really which way to go, but that was my start. And then I made sure to take time for myself to just self-care was like a big thing for me, like moments where I wasn't focused on anybody else or anything else, you know, put the phone down, uh, put everything down and just spend some time with myself and uh, really had to learn not to shy away from myself. Uh, that's a, a big thing that is hard to overcome is that loneliness. And I, I actually got to a point where I prefer, I like the time with myself um, because I just forced my, <laughs> I keep saying myself a lot, but I've, I, I uh, just forced that confrontation and between nobody else, it's just me confronting me and being like, wow, this this sucks and this kind of hurts to look at. And this is where I, you know, this these are the things I need to fix. And But these are also the things that are good. And um, just continually telling myself over and over the good things and being able to recognize and not shy away from or feel like defensive about the bad things because obviously there's bad things that come of this too and you know I could be a toxic per we can all be toxic people from our experiences that we go through which is one thing I'm actually currently working on um, and why I've just been so happy not really in a relationship is because I want to keep working on myself so that whenever I do get in a future relationship I don't bring anything toxic from it you know I still don't trust people you know very easily and uh but a future person who is deserving of you know my love and admiration they don't need me to not be trusting them because of something that happened in the past or feeling any type of way so 
I've been working, some people, some spiritual people call it shadow work. I think that's just where you work on your shadowy parts of yourself. There's there's more in-depth of it. I don't really go super in-depth with, like, the crystals and, you know, that part of spirituality, though I think it's cool. But that is what I'm working on. Shadow work, I guess you could call it. Um, behind the scenes. Uh, and it's really scary. And it actually kind of sucks to be like, I have a problem with this thing, you know, and I think that's what people definitely tend to shy away from because you don't want to confront that part of you or realize that you have a problem, you know, because then it's it's your fault and that's uncomfortable. But and not saying anything that happened to me was my fault, but I've been enjoying myself now that I've been able to confront myself and spend time alone. And I think that's really improved my mental state and how I handle situations so what I call that, uh, I call that looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, you look in the mirror internally, you know, and you say, okay, look, this thing happened. Let's forget why it happened. Mm-hmm. And let's work on the next step. You know, let me look at myself and figure out, you know, this is who I am. And I know this part of me, you know, I don't like. Yeah. You know, and this part of me I'm going to have to work on. Because I can't put, I can't push that part on someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, no matter what, you know, it's two people. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to pretend I am. I know I have things that I need to work on and things, you know, to to really internalize. And it's, it's really hard for most people to do. It is extremely hard for people to look in that mirror and say, "Hey, look, these are five great things about me, but these are ten other things about me that aren't so great." You know, Absolutely. That I need to work on, and it's it's really a difficult thing for for people to do, you know. So that's one of the things I really commend you on is you know is being one of those rare people, you know, that can go okay, I know what I need to do. I feel like it's hard to, and I like I, I'm not speaking for anybody. I, this is just from what I've, I feel from doing all this work. It's hard to, because I've had to kind of argue with myself before and feel like stubborn, you know, like. Because I do feel like a victim in a lot of situations that I've been through. And that's totally fair, you know, because I was. Mm-hmm. and um, But I don't want to... The hard part is just to remind myself that I don't want to be a victim. Like, that's not who I need to be. Mm-hmm. And that did happen to me. It is valid. And, like, you know, obviously the people who did certain things to me, you know, the people... That is not okay that they did that. You know, there should be you know, the accountability as it is, but for me to move forward as a myself and to stop being like a survivor and stop being a victim, that those are the things that I had to work on because there's things that come with trauma that, and th- that just are not pleasant side effects, you know, and they're not pleasant for other people. And unfortunately, you know, to be the best versions of ourselves, we have to work on those side effects of trauma. And um, I think people get wrapped up in the, well, I don't want to get canceled for this. <laughs> I, I feel like people get wrapped up in that victim mentality um, too deep where they, they don't know how to get out of it because it's hard to look because, you know, they say that it's just not fair. And it's not fair, you know, what happened, but it is up to us to 
it's nobody else, especially, you know, people can cause trauma and do things, and really, it's, we're the only people that can come in and say, like, enough is enough, and we're gonna be a different person, like, we don't have to let ourselves be defined by a situation that happened, and it can still hurt, and we can still, you know, deal with it from time to time, you know, we can still be dealing with it always, we can have bad days sometimes I just don't want to talk to anybody and I'm like this is a bad day and then I you know just take my time and then try again the next day you know you just have to keep going forward um and not forget and fall back into the the pit that is you know trauma and like victim pit if that makes any sense no absolutely you know it's one thing to be the victim is one thing to go through a traumatic experience. It's another to learn from that experience, to heal from that experience, and to eventually move on from it. Yeah. Now, when I won't, I won't get it confused with get over it. Yeah. Because, no. You know, you never get over it. No such thing as getting no. over it. You get past it. You, you yeah, heal you from can. it. You have to go through it. Exactly. And, and there's no time like frame either. You know, everybody's time frame to heal is different. So. That's it's definitely not just like well you're healing too slow or how are you not over this yet it's like that's never the case but as long as you're making steps forward that work for you mm-hmm. that that is when I believe like healing can happen and sometimes it can take probably years or even a lifetime for certain things but we're still responsible for it absolutely so. You know, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, traumatic experience, whether it be drama, whether it be just anything, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. No one can tell you, you should be okay by X day, X year, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it all depends upon you, the person. Um, and it's also the, the, the residue of it also, you know, that you will always have no matter what. Yeah. It all depends on how you deal with it. Um, so how many months into this are you in right now? So just the healing process overall. Yeah. I would say over, just over, over a year. But actually, I want to say the time that I really mentally started healing was when um, it was July, or July, January 1st, the beginning of the new year. I remember this, and I'll just say the story of it, you know, not to go too much into the detail, but uh, Kitten's uh, bio dad did not want to, you know, he missed all of her holidays and everything, and I was still kind of trying to keep a kind of family together, you know, there's a lot going on, but um, after that, after I was basically you know, ghosted and stuff over the, for the holidays, and I just felt so upset about it, I, that's when I really hit that, that turning point Mm -hmm. of breaking, where I was like, I, I need to let go of this situation, because it's just, it was just so infuriating, and Mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was destroying my mental health to keep trying to hang on to a hope of a person that was not, gonna be the person that I wanted them to be uh, unfortunately and, and who they who's to say that they needed to be that person but I believe they needed to be a certain way and that's when I started to turn and I was like I just need to focus on my healing of this and just let go 
So I think that was the, the let go healing for me. So I guess not even a year now that I've been truly like cognizant, mm. understanding uh, of my emotional healing from that specific situation. Uh, from the military situation, I've been, and this is where I say there's no time limits. I've been healing for the, my trauma was in 2017 and I still, um, you know, suffer some side effects, some anxieties and such over uh, that situation. So, you know, there's definitely not time for it, but there's steps to keep moving forward. So. Of course. I mean, like you said, one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people forget that. A lot of people get wrapped up. You know, in the pain and heartache, mm-hmm. and they forget. You know, life is gonna life is gonna continue. Yeah. You know, with or without you, as as harsh as it sounds, life is gonna keep moving. Yeah. You know, and it's up to you whether or not you wish to to go with it or not. Um, so now you know now you are present tense. How do you feel at this moment with yourself? Um, you know, you know, with with the journey that you're on right now. I feel pretty proud. For sure, I would say I would say proud because I have gotten through a time, you know, times that at the moment felt like, how do you survive this type of thing? Well, here I am. I survived, so yay me. Um, <laughs> but it, but all joking aside, like that is cool to look back and be like, cool, you know, we made it through. Um, there's still a lot left. I feel like to do, but I don't think that ever ends. I don't think. I think that's just part of living life. There's always something to do and to work on and to move forward with. But I feel like I'm at least in a, a stable enough place that I, you know, can, I have a good hope for the future. You know, I'm trying to, to do more things and make more adult moves, as you would say, and, and uh, really plan. There's a lot of stuff that when you know, my marriage went the way it did. Uh, we had a lot of plans. So, like, my life got kind of knocked to ground zero. Literally, it like, with financial aspects, with everything. So, but it feels good, as hard as it has been, it feels good to be able to build a foundation that is my own and doesn't rely on anybody else because I know that nobody else can take that away from me. You know, I'm not foundated up because I was foundated with him and now it's just me so no matter who kind of comes and goes from my life that's okay it's not gonna like knock me down and that that's the whole point my point is to continue to build like that so that I I always have my foundation like me as an individual and I think that's not to side note but I think that is a good part of a future healthy relationship anyway People are too, like, codependent, I think. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just a thing. And uh, in reality, you're supposed to be two independent people that are just together. So I think that this is a good start <laughs> for being a healthier person, knowing more, you know, in the future. I was 19 when I got married, so, you know, I'd never been a wife before or did anything before, and now... It's like I, I definitely have more, I can think of it in a more positive way of having a lot more experience 
of having dealt with things. I don't think I dealt with anything the wrong way. I just dealt with it how I knew, like the right. best way that I knew how to deal with things. And now I know better. So I can implement, you know, it's just move forward and do better in the future. And of course I have a, a kitten to raise into a cat. So, you know, a lot of it's doing uh, good examples for her and setting a good example um, and building a foundation that she can rely on as well. And that goes back to just not letting it overtake me because I can't, you know, for her, some people do, you know, some parents, uh, mothers included, turn just completely let situations overtake them. And that's how like generational trauma is created or passed. And that's not what I'm trying to do here. Just trying to, you know, cut any of my generational trauma that I've had and start afresh with a confident uh, woman who hopefully won't, you know, have the same insecurities or go through the same things I did because she'll know better. That's my, that's my purpose right now. And that's good. And that's awesome. And... You know, I mean, your, your story is definitely an inspiration to most. I mean, we're looking to heal. So. Thank, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm, I feel all, like, blushing. Well, this is why I have you on. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, this is my last question for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you the floor. So, what would you say to anyone that is going through a similar experience? You know, I mean, you know, that you've gone through. Obviously, they can't follow it step by step by step. Yeah. But what, I mean, like, what advice would you give to someone, you know, that has gone through a traumatic experience? I would say to definitely, if it's not, you know, I know therapy is expensive, but find somebody, anybody that you can confide in because that helps. Um, If you keep everything inside, you're just going to, it gets worse, you know, and you blow up, plus your mind can make you think that things are worse than they are sometimes. So definitely let it out in some way, shape, or form um, with somebody you can trust, or even if you just have a a journal, like step one, let it out um, so that you can kind of acknowledge what's going on and and then just just take care of yourself, uh, surround yourself with whether it be people or music or a hobby or something that, that makes you happy and that you love, don't be afraid to be selfish um, in these aspects in these times because when you're healing, it's not selfish to, to take care of yourself and don't let anybody tell you otherwise or make you feel otherwise um, because you're the only one taking care of you. And just keep moving forward. Um, even if you don't believe that things are going the right way, or even if you don't believe it, saying, like, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I got this, you know, things will be okay, just say those literally every day, um, and then just keep waking up and keep doing the things that you got to do, and you will start to to believe in it, I believe, because it's worked for me, so I think those are some pretty basic things that almost everybody can follow. I agree wholeheartedly. And of course, last question A attached to that. Um, How would you describe yourself now? Just one word, how would you describe yourself? 
My dear cat. <laughs> Fluffy. No, I'm just okay. kidding. That wasn't the word. Uh, oh, boy. Strong. Strong, I think. Yeah, strong. Okay. Perfect. So I think my dear friend for doing this show uh, it has definitely been eye-opening as you know once again as you know um, you've definitely given people you know advice and hope mm -hmm. and how to deal with particular things so I really do appreciate you being on the show oh thanks for having me no problem and any questions you know my listeners may have you can always reach out uh, in the comment section um, links below to email us and so yeah, if you need anyone to talk to, of course, there's always avenues to reach out to you know, people, places, things. Just get it out because you are always stronger than you believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. We are strong. <laughs> we are strong cats. Except well, I'm not a cat, but I guess. <laughs> so folks, this has been the Dewalk Racy Experience for September 14th. And of course, stay tuned for Cerberus on Thursday featuring Miss Bradley and of course, the Saturday matinee show on Saturday. And of course, we'll always watch out for the secret shows. They pop up when you least expect it. Secret. Absolutely, it's a secret show. We can't talk about it. But it's a secret, so I might have you back on if you, know, if you ever wanted <laughs> to come back on. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Until then, folks, thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you again soon.